From the front line. It's not going to work, man. From the tailgates. Representing KGYR and its stakeholders. We are the Forum for the Fan. The Bleed Blue Show. Flying solo. Here's your host, Steve. Yeah, we're on the phone for the Fans of Blue Blue Show, Azul No Chaser episode, all right? Azul No Chaser, Super Bowl 56 reaction, the Los Angeles Rams win. Back-to-back years, the team with their home stadium win the Super Bowl. This is the first time this happened ever. Uh, the Rams win it in their home stadium in SoFi, year before that, Tampa Bay and Raymond James Stadium in uh, Tampa. So let's get to the bottom of this. How did the Rams win? And I didn't think the Rams was going to win after the OBJ uh, injury. It looked like he tore ACL. It looks like uh, they were looking flat. And after the big touchdown after the halftime performance by T. Higgins for the Cincinnati Bengals, Cincinnati was not able to uh, put up more points to get more separation from the Rams. And the Rams came back down on that last drive and was bailed out. I would call it bailed out. They were... Uh, they got, I, I guess there were right calls, uh, holding penalty, uh, pass interference penalties by the linebacker, by Eli Apple, and Cooper Cup ended up getting uh, uh, a touchdown by Cooper Cup at the end. And uh, this, I don't know, man. This seems manufactured as fuck. All right? When I say that is uh, nobody in Los Angeles likes the Rams like that. I mean, you may have a few people, the old school fans. Remember, the Rams left. Los Angeles in the 90s went to St. Louis because they were not able to get the stadium deal back in the 90s. That's why they ended up going to uh, St. Louis uh, for about a good 25-year period before returning back to L.A. It just seems fucking phony, man. It seems fake, man. Um, They, okay, let's look at it like this. Operationally, on the field, they made all the right moves to, to go all in to capture a Super Bowl, and they did that. I mean, they got the big time free uh, big time what would be free agents. They got uh, Von Miller in the trade, Matthew Stafford in the trade, and it paid off. They were fortunate to be paid off with these big ass trades. Uh, the Matthew Stafford trade with Jared Goff, a lot of people looked at it as like a, a no a no void trade, but it looks like the uh, the uh, the Los Angeles Rams got this right. As far as the end result in winning Super Bowl 56, Matthew Stafford now goes into the the history books of a Super winning uh, quarterback that Jerry Goff was not able to do in his Super Bowl versus the Patriots when they played down in Atlanta. So good job by the Rams on that front as far as operationally with the team, big-time free agents, bringing in Odell Beckham Jr. after he was cut from the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Von Miller trade from the Denver Broncos. Uh, uh, Cooper Cup has probably the best receiver. He's probably the had the best season as a wide receiver ever. He got he led the league in receiving, led the league in in, in uh, 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 yards, receptions, and touchdowns, and got the game winning touchdown. Got the game winning touchdown. In Super Bowl 56. Uh, you talk about one hell of a year. That is an MVP type of year. He probably got the MVP. Because after he got that touchdown, and then after the, uh, the Bengals didn't convert on that fourth down, I turned the shit off. I was pissed, man. Because honestly, I was low-key kind of rooting for the Bengals, even though I did say the Rams uh, were going to win it on the uh, show on Thursday. I was rooting 
for the uh, the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. I-, I wanted to go for the underdog, and they had it all for the Megan. So I don't know what happened as far as not going back to uh, a Chase and the wide receiver. What happened with? Uh, uh, the, the the route combination that was kind of working with the deep pass patterns. Uh, you found T. Higgins in the third quarter early for that big ass touchdown. Same thing with Jamar Chase because Jalen Ramsey was jumping routes all night. I'm, sur- I'm surprised they didn't really didn't even go to that more. I mean that that's the matchup you want, man. He the guys are sucking for jumping routes and you didn't take advantage of that shit. Now let's talk about uh, some of the Ram players, long time people in the NFL players in the NFL. Somebody like Andrew Whitworth, who was a longtime Cincinnati Bengal, left tackle for those guys, right? And this guy got a Super Bowl uh, with the Rams. He's been there for a few years now and beat his former team. Uh, you talk about other players uh, on the Rams like Aaron Donald. And, you know, shit, we talk about him all the time on the Bleed Blue show, especially in that draft where we should have drafted him. Now he finally get his ring. Von Miller gets his second ring. Odell Beckham Jr. gets his first ring, even though despite looks like it was a torn ACL. I mean, looking at it live, it looked like he fucked that shit up. It looked like he uh, blew it out. So that's a year right off the rip. He's probably going to miss the entire 2022 season. So Matthew Stafford, first uh, ring. And, you know, I I was pulling for Joe Burrow because what he did in college at LSU and winning the national championship there. I thought that was going to carry over into the NFL. I thought they had a chance, and the defense for the Cincinnati Bengals have done a best of the job, best of the job they, they, that they could have handled pretty much all playoff long, and it ran out. That last drive with the flags, with the, uh, the linebacker with the hole and the pass interference by Eli Apple on Cooper Cup, it's just uh, it ran out of gas. They ran into a team that – executed better and the NFL got what they wanted. They got an NFL Super Bowl in Los Angeles and they got a fucking Super Bowl by the Los Angeles Rams. They let's look at what we were at about 4 years ago when there were no teams in LA. The Chargers were in San Diego, the Rams were in St. Louis. There were no teams in LA. All right? All of a sudden, you got two teams in LA. And a lot of these uh, fans are not even fans of these teams because a lot of, okay, if you know the L.A. landscape, a lot of the fans, oh, yeah, there's a lot of old school fans from Orange County, uh, Rams fans, go back in the day. And then when they went to St. Louis, they kind of stuck ties with them. But a lot of these uh, fans at my age and younger, they're Raider fans, man, because remember, Oakland, um, when they moved, to L.A. back in the 80s because they never got the stadium in Oakland. They were there for a minute through the 80s and the 90s before they went back up to Oakland in the 90s. A lot of L.A. is Raiders Nation, man. A lot of that shit is Raiders Nation. It made more sense that the Raiders would go back to L.A. and be in that stadium. And let's say the Chargers move up to Las Vegas. They got that shit backwards, if you ask me. They got all that backwards. Uh, Sean McVay uh, looks like a boy genius. Now, now you're really going to see these young head coaches. I mean, it's not that it was already happening, but it is really going to be prevalent now that you got all these young head coaches are going to be lining up for jobs at 30, 35 years old. You know what I'm saying? That 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 these boy genius type of cats that are going to be signing up for head coaching duties in the NFL. 
And that's where I'm going to lead it off into the next segment of this uh, carryover from the Thursday episode. And I can't, you know, this is the reason why I love flying solo on this Azul, no chase type of episode. Because, I mean, I, it's really the NFL, as much as you like sports, as much as you like the competition, you like people playing against each other as far as uh, the art of football. You know, man on man, 11 on 11, you one man versus one on the outside, interior alignment, defensive alignment, and shit like that. I get that. But I, I, I'm... I'm this is Azul speaking. I'm not speaking for any other stakeholder. I'm not speaking for anybody else. And people can get mad when they listen to this. Show. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to tell you straight up. Listen, man, it is a really a joke that this NFL is really putting up this in racism bullshit at the end of the, the touchdown, the end lines, on the pendant on the field. And that's what they did in the Super Bowl. They, they, it, it really boggles me, boggles my mind that this shit is still continuing for the fact that that there's a lot of opportunities where they fucked up the Rooney rule. And they're going to have to correct that because you can't tell us in racism on one hand and when you know you got a fucked up rule and the Rooney rule and the expectations of how that shit is going to go through through and through. You know? That's, that, that's the issue I have with the hypocrisy with the NFL when you try to do it on the field, you know? So I don't don't paint shit on the end of the end line of the end zone, like end racism, and then on the top of it with the players uh, not, not not just necessarily the players, but the, the you know the, the bullshit with the coaches. The bullshit with the opportunities of the coaches. Now you're gonna probably even going to see more of it. Now with, you got Sean McVay cats who kind of went through the back channels because remember, this is how this works with the NFL. Because if you want to end racism, you're going to have to really gut the whole entire process. Because a lot of this process really starts with a lot of these coaches coming up from uh, college as graduate assistants, uh, as far as pro players, uh, 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 pro coaches, and you know assistants as far as uh, under the uh, pro program. A lot of the black head coaches don't go through that same grab school process like a lot of the white coaches do. So then now you see. Sean McVay, who's been like pretty much a grandson of a of a head coach in in, in the McVay and the Giants, you know, back in the seventies, he's going. You know, a lot of these other coaches are going to just get granted opportunities based off the success of the Los Angeles Rams, or basically the success off of Sean McVay. Sean McVay is basically the new version of Sean Payton, and, and as far as play calling, uh, optimism, uh, after, uh, ability of running an offense. And to win that game, that, that's the one thing I'm going to give him credit for. To win that game without Robert Woods and without Odell Beckham Jr., that was impressive to make your adjustment and really go to um, Cooper Cup very much in the end. And Mr. And Mr. And you had to really do that shit, man. You really had to do what you had to do. I got to talk on another point. That's kind of not so Rams and Bengals on the field. I'll get back to that and my final thoughts, but I got to talk a little bit about this. And this is where the end racism shit was coming in on the end line of the football field and the halftime performance, man. I got to touch on this. I, I, you know, I, I had to say something on this platform, man. I had to express my thoughts, my opinions on this. And there is nothing more than in racism, bullshit, hypocrisy than that halftime performance at Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium. I'm going to tell you why, because I, I'm a, 
a fan of hip hop. I'm a fan of hip hop in the '90s in particular, '80s and '90s in particular. And you are trying to tell me not to say that the performance wasn't bad because it was okay. It was good. It was just watered the fuck down. I'm gonna tell you why because if you're trying to tell me on one hand the only people that could perform in the Super Bowl 56 performance was protégés of Dr. Dre. So this is the reason why Snoop Dogg was there, of course. This is the reason why 50 Cent made a guest appearance, of course. This is the reason why Eminem probably is number one protégé of all time. Probably him, ah, it's probably Snoop and then Dr. And then Eminem. I, I, it, personally, I would put that in that order. So you got Snoop Dogg, Eminem, 50 Cent, Kendrick Lamar, all right? These are your protégés of Dr. Dre. And you're the only, these are the only people that can perform a hip-hop type performance in the Super Bowl, which was pretty okay, but it, it, it ran itself short. And the reason why I have an issue with it is because of the essence of hip hop. If you're someone like me, uh, if, if you're a 70s baby, 80, early 80s baby, and you are a fan of hip hop, you know the hits in the 90s, late 80s, early 90s, especially the early 90s with the people that were on that stage at the halftime performance. They left a lot on the table. And the two prominent hip-hop figures that should have been on that performance, regardless because they were not Dr. Dre protégés, was Ice Cube and Method Man. The reason why, of course, for the obvious reason for Ice Cube is Ice Cube was a member of NWA. They go back with, he goes back with uh, Dr. Dre, and they're performing in South Central LA, where they're both from, where, where Dre is more so from Compton. And Cube is from South Central L.A. Nonetheless, the fucking stadium is right there in the middle of the goddamn South Central. If have not Ice Cube on that stage to perform is just a fucking disgrace to me, if you ask me, as a hip-hop fan. Because hip-hop goes beyond Dr. Dre. I mean, not to say Dr. Dre isn't hip-hop, because Dr. Dre has a huge step in the emblem of Super you know, of the art, of the genre. Hip hop goes actually go back to the seventies. If you really want, really want to go back, we're talking about, um, you know, everybody going from like Run DMC in the eighties. You go back to Curtis Blow in the eighties. You could go back to like uh, uh, everybody, J- Jersey, New York. That's that's where the shit is born. West Coast. That's another thing I, I didn't really think about it. Now that I'm thinking about it. Hip-hop was born in the Bronx. Hip-hop was born in New York City. And for the West Coast to take the, the pretty much the reins of the first hip-hop performance during a Super Bowl and really drop the ball by not having key figures to do that performance, it really left a bad taste in my mouth. And there is no better example of pure racism than that, if you was to ask me. Because let me tell you, because... My opinion may not be the same or similar to a lot of people on the on the platform, but I will tell you this. How do you not have Ice Cube there, one of the founding members, or founder, uh, one of the original members of NWA, gangster rap, and be a part of that uh, Super Bowl performance? He's a hip-hop icon to be out there with Dr. Dre and perform any of those hits. 
Doctor, not Doctor J, but Ice Cube is an icon in the hip hop rap industry. Just, just beyond music. Just the films, the activism, everything in Los Angeles, the movements. How do you not have Ice Cube on that stage? It's more than performances. It's just a a a, 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 a hand extension of respect. How do you not have Ice Cube? That's number one. Number two, and then, of course, Mary J. Blige has nothing to do with West Coast hip-hop. But like I said, the the common denominator of all those performers was the hits or the production by Dr. Dre. And Mary J. Blige had two, from what I remember, two songs that she did. And And then one of them, I Can Let Slide, you know, uh, the first song that she did, but the second song, she should have had Method Man out. And the reason why we all say, you know, I definitely said this shit on the, on the timelines and, and, and social media, Method Man and Mary J. Blige in 1995 had probably, no, they had the biggest record in 1995. The biggest, um, There For Me, There For You, Mary J. Blige was on the, the guest on Method Man's song. That was the biggest hit in 1995. It Arguably, may have been the biggest hit by a hip hop, uh, R and B hip uh, rapper collabo in the '90s. Period. How do you not have met the men on stage with Mary J. Blige? It is beyond me that those two rap icons, more so Ice Cube, that it was in South Central LA, that they were not there. And this is the part I'm trying to tie in with this in racism and bullshit in the end zone. In the f- football uh, Super Bowl, they they say they say they say these things like in ra- racism, whatever. But the hip hop artists are limited to doing the exact hip hop records that blew them up. The the point I'm trying to make is Dr. Dre. Snoop Dogg had nothing but hip-hop bangers between the periods of 1991, 92, up until like 95. They have more songs on that second Dr. Dre album, Still Dre. But that Chronic album and that Snoop Dogg, Doggy Style albums was what made them really big hits, especially uh, Snoop Dogg. Because you remember, Dr. Dre was already an established rapper and producer with N.W.A. They had... They had the hits. I, I was hoping when I watched and tuned into that halftime performance to hear more West Coast hip hop bangers that made them who they be. Like this is the point: be who you are. Don't be judged by not being who you are. And I think the in racism is bullshit. Is watered down because they were not who they were. They were, if that makes sense. Meaning they did they did not perform all the hit songs that probably would have rubbed a lot of people in those stands and a lot of people on those television sets the wrong way. That's the part of the racism I have a problem with. And that's the part of the racism and it kind of carries over into these hiring of football coaches, the, the, the state of the rule, but, but not implementing the, the totality of the rule like the Rooney rule. The, the NFL has a big problem, if you ask me. Now, I love the competition of on the field, man-to-man, 
one-on-one, 11-on-11, wide receiver versus wide receiver, zone versus man, whatever, scheme and all that. But if you're talking about you really want to really make an imprint and make a stamp on who is actually for the people, like if you can't really fully express who you are, then why are we trying to placate and really strangle the fucking dangles or the, the doll or the puppets to try to really soothe and and, and slide over people. I really had a problem that as the performance was going, as the halftime performance was actually going, the more it went, the more I got, uh, I, I was disappointed. Because we all know, if you're a hip-hop fan, they, mess, they left a lot of good songs out that for real hip-hop that they were trying to appease to the, the mainstream. And, and, I, and I think that's the issue. The mainstream was really watered down on this shit. Really watered down. I It really gets me fired up because I think a lot of people see the issue, but they don't want to talk about the real issue as far as Mary J. didn't really play her real bangers. Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, they didn't really play their real bangers. 50 Cent had his probably his best banger mainstream. I get that. Eminem, one of his mainstream songs, I get that. But for hip-hop on a West Coast, this is L.A., man. This is South Central L.A. in SoFi Stadium, right in the heart, right on the heart, not too far from Crenshaw and South Prairie, right there in the middle of everything. And they didn't, they didn't put out the best songs that really made them be in the essence of early 90s hip-hop. That really got me disappointed, man. It really did, as far as I had time performance. Now, as far as the commercials, I'm going to be honest. I don't recall a lot of these commercials being memorable. I could be wrong. You could correct me on Twitter. You could correct me on the IG if you have any uh, commercials that you thought were popular, you thought that were you know, you know, worth the talk, worth, um, you know, discussing or a cool water talk uh, if you go to work or, you know, catch up with your friends and family and all that. But the, the commercials were, the, I mean, it seemed like I saw a lot of movies that were going to come out later this year, like previews, uh, you know, things like that. But nothing like, you know, your traditional, oh, man, that was a funny moment Super Bowl commercial. I, I didn't get a lot of that on my viewing experience. Maybe I was still a little irate from that halftime performance because the halftime performance, it started off as a a B plus, borderline A minus, and as it went and as I thought about the song play that they did. Now, I thought, I saw the piano metal, melody. They did uh, the I Ain't Mad At You by Tupac. A lot of people would not have caught that, but that's, that was okay with me. You know, a little memories, you know, a little memories. That would have been dope if they would have put the hologram on Tupac, but they, they would have, that would have really crossed the NFL line. They would have really pissed them people off. They would have pissed those white people off. Real crazy, man. But on some real shit, they left a lot on that table on the halftime performance. No Method Man, no Ice Cube. That is a B minus for me off the It doesn't get higher than that, man. It was good as far as show and production and Song play a little bit, but when you don't have those two dudes on a halftime performance, you man, you gotta reset the. I don't know. Okay, I mean, what is the next halftime performance hip hop wise? Is Jay Z's probably the next up in line? That would mean what a New York Super Bowl if they bring him back to MetLife. Like, where would they do that at so he could perform those songs? The timing, the location was perfect to execute an excellent... They got to have somebody like me to really say, you know what? 
if you're going to have Mary J, if you're going to have uh, a Snoop, uh, you know, Eminem 50, these are all Dre's portages, of course, Kendrick Lamar. you got to at least have two people on the outside. You had to bring in Ice Cube. You had to bring in Method Man. There's no way around it. That, that's how you got to do it. That's, that's how you promote. This is beyond racism. This is expression of the form of this, the uh, genre of hip-hop. That's what it's supposed to be about. But this is what the NFL and, and, and NBC and, and the and powers that be, they neuter the genre to what it, ain't, what it really is. And that's where I had the problem. And this is why I say the racism shit is bullshit, because the NFL calls the strings. They say, you, you know, you kick rocks, perform these songs, motherfucker, or kick rocks, we'll find somebody else. And that's probably what was the message. As far as the football game, let's get back to the football game in a few minutes. Um, I see Cooper Cup got the Super Bowl MVP. No surprise there. He had, he had the best receiver. He had the best season as a wide receiver probably ever in one season as far as receptions, touchdowns, yards, and locked in the Super Bowl MVP. Should have got an MVP vote if he had not gotten one already. Stafford gets the Super Bowl. They made the right move, traded Jared Goff next season. Stafford gets the Super Bowl. I mean, they, they played it. It worked out for them. You know what I mean? You got through the playoffs. You ended up uh, going through Tampa, and you ended up uh, – oh, you beat Arizona on that Monday night game, the first Monday night playoff game, and then you ended up going to Tampa, beating Brady. You were beating the brace off Brady, and he came back, but you ended up stealing the deal by the game-winning field goal in the Tampa game. And then you held off the Niners, who had your number, and then you ended up beating the Bengals. The Bengals uh, left a couple plays on the table, man, and you ended up finishing them, man. Good job by the Rams, man. Because uh, they had a couple of Super Bowls. Uh, they had it once since the what? The Super Bowl in Atlanta when they played, uh, when they were in St. Louis, they played the Titans. And they ended up getting that stop ball on Kevin Dyson uh, before he was getting in his, into the end zone by uh, Tennessee. Oh, when he was on Tennessee. They ended up losing to the Patriots the very next year in 01. That was a year after 9 11. And then what other Super Bowl? I mean, was it the uh, the one they lost to the Patriots, right? That had that little last uh, Super Bowl when they were in St. Louis. So LA gets the Super Bowl. A lot of fans in LA going to bandwagon that shit. Lakers, the Lakers uh, are the premier team. Probably the Dodgers after that. Now the Rams are probably going to get a little bit of traction because now that the fucking Rams won it, whatever you want to call it, man. LA doesn't even deserve a Super Bowl, to be quite honest with you. I don't even know why they're even still there, man. Because a lot of fans are still not even associated with Los Angeles. A lot of them are, are Raider fans. They're in, in Vegas. They have to travel to Vegas to go to the games and so on and so forth. The NFL is so fucking corporate, man. It's just... This is why I started to appreciate more cows more and more and more and more and more. Um, a lot of diehard fans around the country on these teams, and they want this fucking corporate entity of the Rams win this shit? Oh, my God, man. Oh, my God. Super Bowl 56 episode, Rams win over the Bengals. Uh, the Bengals are going to be back. I don't know if they're going to get back to the championship next year. We're going to have to see after all the offseason moves and drafts and shit like that. They definitely did overachieve. But kudos to them on a great Super Bowl run. Um, Zulno Chase the Super Bowl 56. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. I had to get on and sound off on my thoughts, not only before and after the games, but in between the games as far as what happened, what we saw in Super Bowl 56. I'm about to call it a night. You guys enjoy the episode. Share it. 
I hope everybody enjoyed your game, enjoyed the food, the festivities with your family and your friends. And um, we got the schedule this week. Uh, check it out on bleedblueshow.com backslash schedule. We're going to have a little bit more of these Azul No Chases, man. I got to come on here and sound off solo. And I got to, I got, this is beyond Blues Day recap shit I was doing once every three months. I got to come on here a little bit more often. Because there be a lot of things I be wanting to say on all these shows, and I got to hold back because I got to make sure everybody else got to say, come on, and got to say their piece, and I got to traffic direct and all that. Sometimes you got to just come on here and spit, man. Sometimes you got to just come on here and just say your shit, man. That's your Super Bowl 56 was not the best Super Bowl. It was an okay game. Let's see what happens. You know, we saw Beckham Jr. tore ACL look like, and uh, he's going to be out for a full year. But Sangre Asul, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Rams win the Super Bowl 56 over the Bengals. Bleed blue, man. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.